Welcome to the first episode of Reshingo. Analyzing the first Tirin Grand Prix. We are your host Ali and Gokul. Did you watch did you watch the quali? Yeah yeah I saw the quali. It was uh, it was almost more interesting than the race if you ask me. Yeah same like it was raining and there was a lot of pressure seeing which car comes towards yeah and uh, in those kind of situation more than the car the timing you going out and the amount of laps you do yeah and who does the final lap that kind of stuff might and uh, it seemed like uh, ferrari and racing point had a really slow pace in qualifying yeah like maybe at least ferrari you could have expected based on the first race that they'd be there but uh, racing point was a team that was supposed to be in the top top 4 top 5 yeah maybe the drivers the and they qualified 13th and 17th yeah so i don't know what happened to the pace in wet maybe it's even, the even. setup in wet is not good or something Yeah, even in the this thing before the qualifiers, Vettel was like he's very excited to see what uh, if he told that in the pre uh, practice it felt that the cars were a lot faster. Yeah. And but they still in the I mean we see the qualifying results they they didn't they bad Leclerc didn't even qualify. Yeah. Fast maybe maybe it was not fast in the wet but probably faster in the. Day. but we'll yeah. never know because they crashed in the third corner yeah what's left so that's yeah. and uh, one more thing is rasel did you see his performance yeah he came to yeah in the qualifying all of a sudden surprise he came 12 and not just coming 12 he was like 0.09 seconds behind vettel so he almost beat both the ferraris he almost beat both the ferraris yeah i think if the rains were not so bad in the because in the end of q2 the rains were too strong yeah, all of a sudden yeah. if it was not there maybe probably there was a chance he would have be cross battle into q2 yeah uh, he both vettel and leclerc was like just putting in laps at the end like every lap was slow at the end yeah yeah so even their personal best it was slower than yeah. their own times so yeah in fact i think the last lap of left lap was around 122 122 so it was worse than giona's pits lower or something yeah because yeah. was then like latifi also did one latifi's best was 121 759 yeah. so it was worse than it was just a desperation you were yeah. running out of tires and the rain was getting heavier yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Hamilton and Sainz did really well. Hamilton like was like amazing, like one point two seconds ahead of Verstappen. Yeah. But uh, exactly. if you see Max's lap, like he in the last lap he was actually doing pretty well. If he didn't spin out like uh, near the pit exit, he probably would have been point four seconds behind Hamilton. But yeah, yeah, because of the spin and everything, one point two. 
Lewis, but like he drove amazing like, in the qualifying. Yeah, the, the lap was like almost perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he showed. He was after the interview also. He said like he was proud and of the that it was the best lap he did. Yeah. And because it's also a Soviet six-time world champion, he knows how to drive in these conditions. Yeah. And so in the what experience in the race it was like. Like it was like cruise control from like he was just driving. Yeah. No set from anywhere. It also shows how powerful these Ferraris are compared to the other cars. Like, I mean, Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes are faster. Sorry, Mercedes are faster than the other cars. Like in yeah. the fourteenth lap itself, Hamilton, uh, Verstappen, and Bottas were like one lap ahead of uh, everyone. Yeah, but uh, Max was also like really outdriving his car. He was uh, holding like five seconds behind Hamilton throughout the whole race. I think he would have, he could have got second. If uh, Red Bull didn't mess up the strategy, yeah, I feel like uh, like Red Bull were aiming for the win, and they wanted to try something different, something completely different from Mercedes, like a gamble. Exactly. They wanted like to gamble. I, I think they were betting on something that yeah, maybe uh, someone will crash or something, and they'll be able to get some. Advantage. Yeah, maybe, but they ultimately pitted Max way too early. And at the end of the race, he had no tires left, and I think he had a wing damage yeah. also. Yeah, they were slowing his him left down wing. exponentially. Yeah. Actually, he fought back against Bottas pretty well when he yeah. was uh, getting overtaken. It was a good attempt, but uh, when you have that much damage and you have ten la- ten laps uh, older tires, you can't do anything against Bottas. Yeah, and pace of that for Mercedes also. Something. Can't do it. The broken wing yeah. and old tires. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to Ferrari, like it was unfortunate. Like first lap. Yeah. The thing is, it's not about the points. Also, like now they don't know if their updates are actually useful or not. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the main problem. So they I lost think... uh, seventy-one, seventy-one laps of running, basically. So, yeah, plus the, the rain also may all yeah. put all the transit to the Yeah, they, they, FP3 was cancelled, that hurt them. And uh, and now the race, they did only like three corners of the race. So, Not enough to test anything. So they're going completely in the dark and they're going to Hungary this week. They don't yeah. know if their updates they did anything useful or not. And they'll again have to test from the beginning. In FP1, FP2, FP3, all. Yeah, we have tuned the cars also properly. You know? Yeah. And uh, Albon, Albon was uh, like quite slow, like compared to his teammate. He yeah, told, very slow. Uh, he told the something wrong with the setup of the car or something in the post race interview. So it might be that, but uh, he was like twenty. Seconds behind him con- constantly, and uh, yeah. Max even got a free pit stop at the end to try for the fastest lap because of that. In fact, in the end, the la- gap between Hamilton and Albon was like one minute three seconds. Yeah, yeah, I think it's he almost, almost got like lap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a short circuit. Yeah, so, so he didn't get lap ultimately. 
You know, already hired Alonso, so that door is already closed. I'm sorry, McLaren. McLaren or Renault, someone of these two. McLaren or hired Ricardo, no? So both those doors are closed. Yeah, so he's like pretty, he might be pretty bummed out also there. What is the use of bull? I think he, I think he realistically he still has a chance in Red Bull. Like uh, even though Honor said that I don't like I don't know how much you can trust Christian Honor's words because in uh, 2019, right? Uh, Gasly yeah. he, he told uh, Gasly will receive uh, the whole season. Like he'll have the whole season to prove himself, and then he took Gasly off in. In the half, half, like during the break, during the summer break of the season. Like, so he stayed up late last year, so you don't know, like, you don't know if he, you can trust him, he may change his mind. But it depends mainly on Albon's performance. He did well in the first race, but this race it was uh, very bad. It looked quite bad. Let's see, let's see if he can do well next time. Yeah, even in, even for I think FP1, the Williams Alfa Romeo had swapped uh, with Robert. Yeah. The FP1. Yeah, Robert is a he's a reserve driver for Alpha. Yeah, so he's the swap. Yeah, reserve driver or something like that. Yeah. yeah, for the first FP1, I think they took him on the track and saw what he could do. Yeah. It's like it's uh, like contractual. I think they, they have to give him a run at some race. So, yeah. yeah that's, uh, Gasly's strategy was also like pretty bad. I think he he started in a pretty good position. He was in the top ten, I think, but dropped down to fifteenth in the end. Yeah. Overall, I think uh, yeah he had damage to. I think he collided with uh, Ricardo in the start of the race, and his car was just slow. And they put him on the hard tire, making him even uh, slower. So he lost out. Yeah, he lost out on the top ten. Kvyat, uh, I think Kvyat got some points. Yeah, he did pretty well. Then yeah. um, the last two laps from Norris. Yeah, yeah that was wonderful. That was, that was beautiful to watch. He, did, he left excited. all three of them like. <laughs> do you see that photo? Like uh, yeah. the F1 page poster photo. Yeah. Fando in front and three cars behind. He, he just left them in the dust and in, in the last lap. I think in the last lap also, uh, Perez was like shocked. Like, how did, uh, from where did Lando Norris come? And then I think he started to. Yeah, Perez. Perez, unfortunately, he had damage from. Yeah. He collided with Albon, no? Uh, trying yeah. to overtake Albon. So he had damage from that. He got very slow because of that. And uh, Stroll, sure that people Stroll did so a really okay. stupid move on uh, Ricardo. Yeah. So both of them lost out to that. I don't know why uh, Stroll didn't get a penalty for the move, but yeah. Ricardo lost two points, uh, two places because of that, and uh, Lando of that, Caplays and all of that. Yeah, they have the cards. They have the platform. Even I think there was an incident where Troy 
Perez was almost pushed Albon off the track. Yeah, that's where that's where he uh, lost the wheel. Got damage. That's where he got damage. He he, he touched Albon's uh, rear tire. Yeah. It, it was almost like it was almost like a last race flashback from Lewis Hamilton <laughs> flashback. Almost looked like the same thing, but yeah, nothing yeah. happened to Albon, thankfully. It was like a photo comparing uh, yeah, yeah, two, those two cars and asking if the same situation or from their office. Yeah, and even Brazil, Brazil 2019. Yeah. It's like silver Mercedes, black yeah, Mercedes, and pink Mercedes. Right. After the race, uh, there's uh, like some kind of Renault and uh, racing point rivalry going on. Right yeah. Renault yeah. filed a complaint. Renault filed a complaint against uh, Racing Point, finally. Yeah, I like, think they waited. There's some, some, uh, I the, heard in some places mm, that... I think in pre-season, were... already, like, um, all the midfield teams were protesting. But the stewards checked all the drawings and papers and everything, and they cleared the Racing Point. But yeah. I think uh, Renault just found some new evidence on the brake ducts, specifically. They copied the brake ducts of the last year's Mercedes. That's what, there was a new rule in six, under 0.6 where it said, 0.6.3, I think article 6.3, which said you can't copy brake ducts also. Yeah, yeah. You can't. So I think that's where they found that's a new that. Rule. That's why uh, half are struggling right now too. Like Before, they used to have Ferrari's brake brake ducts, now they're making their own. So, yeah. that's why they're having a lot of brake failures. Even in the first race, I think... Uh, Magnuson had a brake failure. He had to retire because of it. So, yeah. yeah. Compared to last race, I think there were lesser uh, disasters maybe this week. Yeah, but they're just slow. Yeah. Top of the race was quite uneventful. Yeah, this week it was just midfield, full of midfield battles between uh, Racing Point, Renault and McLaren basically. Yeah, Perez Steve. did a like pretty good comeback from P17. Yeah, he came uh, P6 at the end. Exactly, like, he would have been P5 or even yeah, P4 he could have, if he still he had could have been P5 or P4. But yeah, and that one mistake cost him in the end. But still, it was still a good comeback. Uh, yeah. Even last time I think in Japan, Japan, he came 17th and came back to around sixth or something. Oh. Yeah, yeah, same scenario where he was 17 and there was, it was raining and he came very bad, he did a very bad performance in qualifying and he did, made it up for the race trip. Oh. Yeah. yeah, the photos, yeah, I saw the photos. It, yeah. looked like, it looked like a car. So now uh, the stewards have impounded uh, Mercedes last year's. Uh, Break ducks and uh, racing points this year's break ducks, and then they went to dinner and they told them, uh, I'm not joking, they, they literally uh, impounded there and they went to dinner and they told they'll check it next week. Oh, so, so next week it's gonna be interesting. So, I think uh, they'll check it by Thursday or Friday, maybe they'll investigate on Thursday or Friday. And what will happen if they match up? Uh, maybe we'll have to change 
they might get uh, i don't know i don't know exactly if they'll take away the points or they'll just give a great penalty i don't know what exactly the punishment for it maybe uh, they get disqualified for the first two races i don't know but they still have to put new brake ducts in the air they don't want any if if it's uh, if they are convicted yeah they have to make new brake ducts so i imagine they like i imagine they'll all they already start working on it case uh, something in case they rules against them i don't think it's easy also like to develop brake ducts so quickly like haas they would already have no last year yeah last year it was allowed to take from your uh, constructor or whatever no so that's why they were using last year's brake ducts yeah so sorry told like haas is struggling right now because it's loop more yeah most of the time they're having problems with their brakes like uh one say like i think last race uh, for magnuson one one wheel just didn't break at all and he spun because of it i think they are able to hire an outside team to work for it if they are not uh, you know any team that is not part of formula 1 with the new rules yeah that's yeah that's probably allowed but yeah they also have a lot of engineers working if they are not able to go through the testing and they not get clearance from FIA i think then testing the new brakes will take at least two races and in such a small season like it's a costly affair when they're trying to you know beat mclaren uh, in this uh, season yeah and uh, for next week like do you see that uh, on uh, friday vettel requested uh, an interview from martin brandel he went he went to martin and he, he told he wants an interview before the hungarian gp so on thursday or friday you will see a one on one interview with vettel maybe about his future what is going to do martin told it's not it's not anything about retirement or anything so let's see what what goes on on thursday or friday i think uh, yeah ricardo's race was also somewhat compromised maybe because of uh, cooling issues because ocon retired uh, due to cooling issues so maybe he had to take it easy too i don't know i'm not sure if it's if that's the case or it was be- or if it was because of damage from uh, colliding with uh, gasly either way he lost out a lot in this race like he had, he had a good chance to come in the top 5 top 6 maybe and i think he was in 7th uh, or 8th yeah he was in 8th right yeah yeah he was in 8th right i think science could have also done some very good work in the race yeah science would have definitely got p5 maybe maybe tried for p4 who knows but yeah unfortunately he got released in traffic and i think he was not able to push because he had like a setup problem also i think he i think he was pretty quick no i don't think his car was slow he was pretty quick but uh, because of the pit stop he is risk got ruined at the end of the race mclaren uh, and uh, cto andreas seidel he apologized to sainz saying he deserved but he deserved the p5 it was their fault so he apologized oh wow you don't see like you don't see that kind of uh, behavior in uh, ferrari and probably that's why mclaren are moving forward i've never seen like ferrari apologize to the drivers like ferrari ct or uh, team principal apologizing to it was for something they messed up like you know, the amount of times they messed up the strategy 
I have not. I don't recall even once them apologizing. They always say we got unlucky with the strategy. Unlucky in our coach. She got unlucky with the strategy. I think. I think that's the main reason they they are not improving. Too much ego. Yeah, too much ego, and uh, they're uh, too uh, too arrogant. Ferrari team head after the race was like, "How can a car with a Ferrari name on it be so slow?" I mean, like. It's your car. It's your fault that your car is slow. There's no one else to blame for it. <laughs> There's like a whole story on the Formula One website about uh, the Ferrari heads reacting this way to their cars and their performance. You're talking about the Italian media. No, no, no. I'm talking about the article that was on Formula One website itself. That's the. I think that's some Italian newspaper. They're just roasting Ferrari. So on Sunday after the qualification, the Ferrari had said that uh, it's not good enough for a team with a Ferrari name on it. Oh, who? Not good enough for a team by uh, the name of Ferrari. So whom is he blaming? He he is to blame. Like, who whom is he trying to blame? Like, literally, it's the management's fault. It's not anyone else's fault. I I don't know why. Like, why is he doing two jobs? Like, he's the chief technical officer and he's the team principal. Like, he's an engineer. He is not. He's a, he doesn't know how to manage a team. He's an engineer. He should go back to doing his job properly, and uh, get someone else to do the principal job. Like, it's not easy to manage people. It's a totally different skill set. Like at the, at, you see every other team like. Red Bull has uh, Christian Horner as principal and uh, Adrian Newey as the CTO. McLaren has uh, Zach Brown and uh, uh, Andreas Seidel as CTO. For Mercedes, it's uh, James Allison and Toto Wolff. Like it's two different jobs. You can't do you can't do both at the same time and expect to like succeed or something like. <laughs> it, it's I don't know why they're doing it. Previously, also the Ferrari heads never took the blame. No, no. Before, before this, uh, before appointing Mattia, it was Arriva Bene, and he, he was the principal. So the, at that time, it was pretty good. It was not; they were not winning championships, but at least it was they were fighting for it. Like from from last year, it's gone downhill. Like even last year, even though the car was in top three, it was still not. It was never a championship contender. It was only a contender to Red Bull, not a contender to Mercedes. In uh, 2017 and 18, it was like a serious contender for the title. In my opinion, like I think they did a bad move by firing Arriva uh, Bene, or at least they should have gotten someone else to do the job instead of just hiring an engineer to do it. Yeah, now it's become very easy for the Mercedes uh, to win, and there's like no competition for them. Even after the crash, uh, the commentators were like, uh, "When the Ferrari without Ferrari, Formula One doesn't feel complete." Yeah, yeah, it, it actually, I think it would have been more interesting with Ferrari. It looked pretty like boring. The first, the first stint was pretty boring without Ferrari. And after that, McLaren and McLaren and Racing Point uh, showed the 
like uh, god gave us the entertainment at the end ferrari because of their lack of pace and starting from the back even they can't do anything much yeah who do you think uh, is he, like in your opinion who do you think was the driver of the day for me it was actually perez it's somewhat close between uh, perez and lando i but i think perez perez deserves it but yeah you can't just you can't just tell lando because perez made one mistake he came from 17 to 6 that's still pretty good right yeah and if he wouldn't have damaged his wing he would have probably even overtook albon and come into fourth yeah he almost overtook albon yeah yeah perez yeah and this year also there's like a track which has like long straights in the new track and last year's mercedes being very strong in the straights uh, we have to see what racing point drivers do this time and racing point carders italian italian track so we're going to have two two grand prix in italy this year and uh, ferrari shit so the fans are going to be really pissed over there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no fans, right? Yeah, that's a plus point at least. There's no fans in the races, but they'll be. I'm sure they'll be raging at their homes. The Italian fans. No, I don't. I don't think that that's stupid. It was a good race, but uh, not as good as the first race. first race was first round was just full race was entertaining from start to finish this year has a, had a lot of boring moments let's see how hungary goes this week's uh, temperature was also a little cooler than last week and also like mercedes didn't have a problem with their gearbox and because they also had a lot of time and a big lead they didn't have to go to the curbs uh, much often to you know cause problems in their gearbox and their sensors i think i think they sorted out the problem also they sorted out their issue with the sensor and gearbox i think because they were going on the curbs too many times also there was like uh, affecting the suspension and tires no they're going over the curbs right yeah that was that was a problem with uh, sensors and they go over the curbs making the sensors like malfunction and uh, it's a sensor for the gearbox so if the sensor malfunctions the gearbox will break down so that's why last days they were panicking like they they were like don't go i think uh, stroll stroll and russell uh, dnf last days because of that and because of so many dnfs being there in his first race nicolas latifi came 11th like just and he was also so close to like one place behind uh, gaining a point in his first race yeah 9 9 dnf last race yeah it's about it and with this we come to the end of our analysis of the first tyrian grand prix make sure to subscribe to this podcast to listen to race analysis of formula 1 and we'll be back in the next race